Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. everybody welcome back to another episode of the six cents podcast i'm lucas and yes i did not just disappear last podcast technical difficulty stopping thanks for making sure the listeners knew that guys and i have chris and jonathan here too guys yeah i think we need to i I need a new introduction we have chris and jonathan the fantasy football or fantasy basketball champion and chris you know what yeah 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 i think that's absolutely right i think i think yes I think that needs to happen. No yeah. excuses, Chris. We're not going to do excuses. Does it? Is that is that really what happened? <laughs> Who won fantasy football this year, Lucas? Did I win that again? Uh, but we're look, ba- but I thought we were a basketball site, so it's kind of weird. But I don't know. Well, I won last year. You know, it's hard to go back to back. So I, I mean, I'll be back next year. I'm, you know, in the I'll let you know year. if I go if I I'll go back to back next year, and then we can yeah. see how this. Place. All right. Well, sounds like a rematch. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, Okay. I I mean, I I think if just from history, if we know one thing, it's just that Lucas won't be there. So, um, (laughs) I'm, 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 you know, you know, you know, if I didn't have students listening, I probably would say a few choice words, but I do. So I'm not. That being said, let's go ahead and do yes, actual content, please. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so Sixers, last two regular season games we get to talk about tonight. We are heading into the playoffs coming up this week. And, yeah, so we've been locked into the three seed. Uh, the starters didn't really play much, but got a 136-131 win over the Atlanta Hawks in overtime. So let's start there. Lucas, what were your thoughts on the starters? Um, well, let me just say this. Uh, it was the J- – uh, Jaden McDaniel's show, um, you know, he, he had 24 points. Niang also showed off with 24 points. Um, but, of course, you know, we're going to give some love to Jaden Springer, which we'll talk about later. He had 19 points on 13 shots. Shake struggled a little bit with 22, uh, 22 shots with only 15 points. And Chris, uh, you know, Paul Reed really struggled in the first half. Uh, three first half fouls really got him out of rhythm there. Um, but overall, the starters were fine. I have no problems with the starters. I think, you know, guys like Niang and McDaniels definitely played outside their role, which was, you know, good to see. You know, you need to have your role players feel confident going into the playoffs, and I think that, that this game certainly helped. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, this was a really lovely game for me. Um <laughs> I just had a wonderful time. I had a big smile on my face. Um, Jaden Springer is the future. Um, and you're right. We will talk more about him uh, because that is what 
is, is needed out of all of us. We should all talk more <laughs> about Jaden Springer as a society. Uh, I, I think we'd be in a better place uh, globally if that were the case. But yeah, uh, you know, it's a bunch of bench dudes. They they beat the uh, full strength Atlanta Hawks. Really, this game just is a poor reflection of the Hawks. They they don't come out of this looking very good. Um, Trey was pretty awesome. He had 27 and 20 assists, and then they just got killed in the minutes that he was off the floor and, and lost in overtime. So the, the non-Trey minutes were very much like the non-Embiid minutes in a regular Sixers game is, is what it felt like. And, yeah, the, the Hawks probably don't feel that good going into the playing tournament right now. But, uh, yeah, you know, Jaden Springer, first really his, like, first actual NBA game playing real minutes, and he drops 19 points on, on 13 he foul, shots. He did foul out. Yeah, but he, like, played mostly pretty awesome defense on two really good guards and scored 19 points, like, it's pretty impressive stuff. This guy's the same age as a lot of guys who are freshmen in college right now. So uh, hard not to be pretty excited about him, if I do say so myself. Yeah, definitely. So, Lucas, what about the bench in this game? I mean, this type of game from Daniel House is what you hope for, you know, during the regular season. That Maybe not in this many minutes, but, you know, just a game where he goes off. You know, he had 22 points, hit 9 of 10 free throws, pretty efficient outside of the three-point line. It, it was a good game for Daniel House, absolutely. You know, Dwayne Dedman didn't look terrible. Montrez had a decent scoring game and had a double-double with 11 points and 10 rebounds, four offensive boards. Korkmaz looked just awful. And slam dunk champion Mac uh, McClung, uh, you know, got a good dunk in there and had five points. And we'll talk about him more next game. But, yeah, I, I was pleased to see what, you know, McClung could do. And, you know, House and Deadman looked good. And I guess Montrez looked good. But, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Double-double in 14 minutes for Montrez. Um, yeah, you know, House obviously is the main standout. He had 22 points, 11 shots. Like you said, Lucas went to the free throw line 10 times. That I mean, that's one thing about Daniel. You know, he's not really – a go-to scorer and we think of him as mostly a spot-up guy but definitely likes to dribble and he likes to kind of just recklessly charge at the rim and that's a good way to draw fouls if you're actually handling some of the like ball handling work as he was in this game out of necessity so now uh, a good game for him and he certainly feels like a guy who's going to be getting minutes in the playoffs at least early on or have a chance to um yeah, so I would say House and Montrez were the main standouts off the bench in this game. Montrez, we already know, is just not going to see the floor when the playoffs start. So the notable one is is House, I think. Well, we'll get back to uh, Jaden Springer. I'm going to come to you first, Lucas, because we'll let Chris sit on this a little while. Chris actually has, I think, 95% of the investment in Springer Island, maybe. It might be more than that. but. Do you think that Jaden Springer is worth the investment and that it will pay off? I certainly hope so. Look, th- this was a really good game for him. Um, he, the, you know, he's a little undersized for a shooting guard. He's not going to play point guard, but he, his wingspan does make up for that defensively. Um, I mean, and he had a good game shooting here. Three-point shot in the G League has not been fantastic, but it's been passable this year. 
Um, I think that there's a good chance, especially with the salary cap turning into what it will be, uh, you know, moving forward. I mean, there's a good chance that he's going to get minutes next year. And I, I, you know, he, he might become a decently impactful player off the bench, which is fine. That's, that's what the Sixers need, right? So, uh, I would like to first just state for the record that I actually own 100% of the stake in Springer Island. And uh, honestly, I don't know if I have any reason to sell it at this point. So, uh, the prices are going to be high. Uh, but, yes. So, Jaden Springer. Uh, all season, all last season, I've heard nothing but complaints about the guy who's not good enough to play in the NBA yet. He's not even doing that well in the G League. Yada, yada, yada. Why did we cut Isaiah Joe and Charles Bassey when we have Jaden Springer doing nothing? Yada, 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 yada. I've heard nothing but negative energy towards Jaden Springer. Not a single person that I've talked to or interacted with has shown any genuine belief in Jaden Springer's NBA future. Um, so I don't know why why we're all, you know, why isn't everyone keeping that same energy? Uh, that's all I'd like to, to question. I mean, look, I, I don't, information changes. People can change their minds, right? Uh, I guess. Um, but, yeah, look, we're talking about the G League Finals MVP here. Um, we're talking about... Again, a guy who's still 20 years old, the same age. He's like four months older, I think, than Brandon Miller, who's about to be a top three pick, probably. Like This guy is the same age as college freshman and sophomore. He's maybe younger than like the Thompson Twins, who are going to be top ten picks, or at least the same age. Like The Sixers drafted him when he was 18 as a long-term investment. He was never going to be a guy who you know, struck gold in year one, but... Just going back to Tennessee, all the defensive instincts, the the physical presence at the point of attack, the potential as a connective player offensively, it was all there for those who were watching. I had him hovering around my lottery uh, on my draft board. I, I thought the Sixers were quite lucky to get him at 28, and I still feel that way. Like you said, Lucas, with how the CBA is playing out and how the offseason might play out, there's going to be a pretty decent chance that Springer is vaulted into a more prominent role next year, I think he is looks pretty darn close to ready for it. So, yeah, I'm very excited. I think I was correct, and I will continue to, to bang the uh, Jaden Springer drum. Yeah, keep that energy. We need oh, that I energy. will. It is kept. All right, so let's go to the last regular season game today. The Sixers played the Nets, who we will be playing in the first round. That will be our first-round playoff matchup. They won 134-105. Again, starters not playing. Um, Chris, we'll go to you first. What were your thoughts on the players who did start? Um, yeah, so Jaden Springer, plus one in two minutes. Uh, no, I, obviously it was a bit weird. He got pulled two minutes into the game. Sixers apparently said it was for uh, rest, basically, like just to load manage after – a busy end of the G League season. Yeah, it had, it had to do something with an ankle sprain during the the finals in the G League. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I whatever. It's I you know a bit weird. The other Maybe G League guys played a weapon. lot, but they they didn't play as much the other night. So I guess it balances out. Um, yeah. So Shake had a much better game: twenty points, eight assists on sixty-one percent from the field. Much more efficient, at least scoring the ball. Uh, really good Paul Reed game, had 17 points and 10 rebounds. 
five blocks. You know I, I like to see it. Um, but yeah, I, I think those were the main standouts as far as the starters go. Yeah, um, for me, I just, this was, okay, first off, shout out to Cam Thomas, because every time he, he gets the chance to start, he, he impresses for the Nets. 46 points, one shy of his career high from he made earlier this season. So absolutely, kudos to you, Cam. Uh, you need to be on a team where you, you're actually allowed to play. Um, that being said, um, look, Paul Reed was dominant in this game. Five blocks. 10 rebounds, 17 uh, points, really efficient shooting, hit a three-pointer, um, only played 28 minutes, didn't really need to play anymore. But, you know, this is the type of game that you saw from Paul Reed in the G League, and he was able to duplicate it here in the NBA. And that's good things for the Sixers going into the playoffs. This is the type of game he needed. How yeah. struggled. McDaniels just wasn't aggressive, but he didn't need to be. You know, McDaniels was fine. You know, offensively, eight points, two steals, three rebounds. I'm okay with that. You know, that's usually what you expected with it from him in 18 minutes anyway. So, House, you know, we know that he's kind of up and down, and this was definitely a down game. And Springer, like you said, just didn't play all that much. And Shake, Shake had a good game. Look, this is the type of game that we saw from Shake at the beginning of the year when uh, both Maxie and Harden were out. So I'm not surprised by this either. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to present this. Just I, I love Cam Thomas. I he I thought he should have been a lottery pick. Another guy I was very high on. This might be like the ultimate Cam Thomas game. You know, 46 points, one assist, and he was minus 20. Like that might be the perfect Cam Thomas stat line. Uh, love him to death. I, I think he's great. But yeah, I, I mean, this was a game where both teams obviously were. Resting their starters, they didn't want to show the other team practically anything because they're about to play four to seven games against each other in a competitive series. So, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a wash. Uh, so, yeah, let, let's talk about the bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go for it, Chris. Uh, yeah, by bench, I really just mean Mac McClung and Lewis King. Uh, both had 20 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. For McClung, both those guys got a lot more run in this game after not getting much against Atlanta. Probably not a lot to write home about. Again, it was mostly like backups and G League guys for both teams. But Mac is a guy who can put up big numbers if you give him the ball and ask him to do a lot. So it's fun to watch. I honestly think King is like more of an NBA prospect probably long term just because of his size and athleticism on the wing. Uh but both those guys looked really good. Furk got him shot the ball much better, hit three of his four threes. Deadman and Montrez had, had very productive games themselves. So a, a very positive all-around performance from the bench. But I, I think King and McClung are the two that people are going to write home about. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm a big McClung fan. Um, I'm going to take a stake out in McClung Island right now. And I will take a 90% stake on that. Uh, I think he can be an NBA player. He is undersized for a guard. I'll, I'll admit that. But uh, his athleticism d- should help compensate. And we can see that he can impact more than just scoring. He can play make. He had nine assists to one uh, turnover. Granted, like you said, this was against like backups and some G-leaguers. Uh, but still, no, that's not an easy stat to put up. And then I also, Lewis King, I like 
he probably does have long-term upside as an NBA prospect. Like, could he be in a rotation for a championship team in like five years? Possibly. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out Deadman had four assists and Deadman looked the best he's looked in a couple of years. Uh, granted, like you said, this is against backups, but like, you know, if Deadman can show like this in like spot minutes, if needed, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, well, I know we touched on McClung a little bit, but we can dive a little bit deeper. I mean, I do have a partial stake in McClung Island, um, Lucas, just yep. so you are aware. But, yeah, he he tied team high points with 20 and seemed like he was balling out in 33 minutes. So do you think that he will have a spot on this team next year? I, I, th- I think it's possible. Look, like we said earlier, CBA rules changing. You could get McClung on a minimum contract, sure. And could he be a spark plug off the bench? I don't see why not. I mean, look, you're generally when you have a quote-unquote spark plug coming off the bench, you don't need them to be great defensively. You need them to score. And he, you know, in the G League, he's proven it, and he proved it in this game that he can score. So, like, would he be like a like a third option on the point guard depth for the Sixers next year? I, I think that's possible. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he could definitely still be on the team, like to add on to the CBA point, they're also bumping up the number of two way contracts. So the three, yes, yes. So that's important too. Um, as far as like getting actual minutes and being part of the team, I, I tend to doubt it, especially if James returns, like McClung really does need the ball in his hands to have an impact on the game. And if, if James is around playing 36 minutes a night still, there's just not going to be a lot of opportunity for him to do that with, with the Sixers. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, guard depth is not really a weakness for Philly right now. You know, Maxi is well, obviously on the come up. Melton, if Shake does leave, again, like we just said, Springer is a pretty solid candidate to take a spot. I think Springer is probably a better NBA player, especially for what the Sixers need than McClung. So, um yeah, I, I don't think he has much of a future like in the rotation here. Could he be around for another year, another half year, play with Delaware some more? Absolutely. Look, I, yeah. I think his, his jersey might be retired in Delaware after a while. We'll see. <laughs> Along with Jared mm-hmm. Brownridge, who is now the all-time leading scorer for the Blue Coats. Shout out to Jared. Yeah, all right. Well, let's continue our award season now. We're going to transition. Oh, hey, hang gotta... on, Jonathan. Jonathan, hang on. Because my my phone decided to act weird last podcast and I couldn't get back on, I do want to say my coach of the year and my executive of the year before we get into yeah. it. I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna go into a spiel. I'm just gonna list one, two, if uh, honorable mention three, two, one for each one, okay? And we'll just move on. If you guys want to chime in, you can. So my honorable mention for executive of the year app two, I have James Jones and Daryl Morey. I think they both did a great job uh, during the offseason and James getting KD is, is a good move. Uh, number three is Rob Palinka because of the uh, you know midseason trades. Colby Altman's number two, and Leon Rose is number one. And then for Coach of the Year, honorable mention is Darvin Ham. I think he's done a good job turning that team around. Mike Malone is three, Jock Vaughn is two, and Mike Brown is one. I think we can all agree that Mike Brown is Coach of the Year. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. we agreed. 
Did you guys? Who did you guys have as number one for executive of the year? I had Toby Altman. Yeah, I had Sam Presti. I am not surprised you said Sam Presti. Okay. Shocker. Well, <laughs> shocker. Okay. So sorry, Jonathan. Now we can continue to to today's awards. Yes, we got a number of them now. So we are going to start. How do you want to do this? Do we want to all do our honorable mention, or do we each want to go through I think one award each, at a time? I think we each. I think the first way that you said it sounds good. What do you think, Chris? Yeah. All right, so we'll just go in a a circle. Um, All right, so the first one we got. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Clutch player of the year, Lucas. We'll go with you. We'll start with your honorable mention and then go around and then we'll do third, second, first. So my honorable mention, he hasn't played nearly enough games this season to get any type of reward. But, I, you know, in the games that he has played, he actually has looked kind of clutch for his team. And I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. All right. I have a uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander as my wow. honorable mention. I I actually gave him more love than you did. Interesting. Yeah, I thought you would have too, Chris. I'm sorry. I I failed my my thunderheads, but only so many spots. I went with LeBron. Okay, solid, solid. I don't know if he's been super clutch this year, but the track record. Okay, That's, fair enough. Yeah, gave him honorable mention. Okay. Third, Lucas. Yep, I got Jimmy Butler. Jimmy buckets. Or James Butler, yes. <laughs> oh, man, James. Um, James Butler. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, Jimmy. My my number three is, is Damian Lillard. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I wanted to put him, too, but I went Luca at number three. Okay, yeah. okay. Number two, I have say Shea Gilgis Alexander. I have him as number two. Um, my number two is Joel Embiid. Oh, let's oh. go, Chris. Let's I go. was not expecting that from you. Okay, out of left field. Out of left field. I mean, he was probably my number five option. To be fair, 
He's yeah, had multiple agreed. game winners. He, he's had multiple, like, amazing... No, 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 no. I, I get it. I get it. You don't need to argue with me. I get it. And I went number two, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, also, Lucas. Yay! There we go. <laughs> there we go, Chris showing Thunderheads. L- listen to who That's your right. two fans are, okay? Okay. All right, number one, I got De'Aaron Fox. Has the most clutch points in the NBA this year. Yeah, I, I have Fox, too. It's it's. He, I don't know if he's really going to have any space anywhere else in the other awards, so it's nice to give him something, and this is what he has earned. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a clean sweep on Fox. I got Fox as well. Awesome. All right, Chris, we're going to go you, Lucas, me this time. We'll start with you, and we are with most improved player, honorable mention. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Wow, that low. Okay, okay, okay. I have Kyle Kuzma from going from a role player to the Lakers to now being the third leading scorer on the Wizards. I like that. I went with DeMontis Sabonis. Has he really gotten better, though? I think he has. I think he has played much. Maybe it's just because I'm watching him more and he's getting more recognition with a stronger playoff team. But okay, I don't know. Okay. Chris? Uh, my number three is Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my number three is Jalen Brunson. Same here, Lucas. Yeah, I, I, Tyrese and Brunson are basically a wash. Uh, I could have gone either way. Um, my number two is Lowry Mark. Well, hold up, hold up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I forgot that Jonathan said his Lowry Mark. Lowry's number two. Okay, I know who you have as number one. Okay, I have yeah, SGA as number two. I have SGA. I also have SGA as number two. Lucas, agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to put the guy who is a top 10 player now at number one, and that's <laughs> Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also have Lowry Markinen as number one. Yeah, I have Lowry Markinen as number one, and Chris, just so you're aware, the betting favorites drastically have Lowry Markinen at number one, too. I don't think yeah. that's even true. Is it? Yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every every like award ballot I've read has Shea at number one. So I'll trust. Look, you look, okay, voter. okay. Let's let's talk about this for a minute. Lowry went from like the fifth starter in Cleveland to being the star player, averaging twenty five points, looking like the second coming of Dirk Nowinski in some aspects in Utah, versus Shea, who was already the star in OKC, just becoming a better star. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's a perfectly strong argument for Lowry. I'm not going to act like there's not. Yeah, five days ago, he's minus 400. So I'm pretty sure it's a lock. Yeah, no. I mean, Lowry is a totally deserving candidate. But, you know, it's like Shea, as great as marketing has been, Shea is like on a whole nother level. And it just depends on what, I don't know. It's like I'm valuing, I guess, the guy who is, at the highest level. I don't know how to really... No, 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 no. I mean, like, the argument for that. Shea is, is fair. I just think the argument for, for Lowry's better. Yeah, I, I mean, Shea oh, had, mm-hmm. had a much bigger role last year, and he was significantly better already. So I, I get where you're coming from, but... Let's go uh, sixth man. 
Lucas, you can go first on this one for honorable mention. So, so uh, honorable mention. Okay, that's right. So, honorable mention, I have Benedict Matherin. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I have Bobby Portis as my honorable mention. Wow. Okay. Let's go. That's a hater. Wow. Okay. What? I have. Wait, what? Timeout. Timeout. Bobby what? Portis yeah. is not one of the. Is he's at least one of the top three best six men in the league. I don't have I him do on my not, list. What? What? <laughs> you, he's just, there's no way you can argue that he's like a definitive. You can argue that he's number three maybe, but he's not like nah, an obvious. Nah, 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 nah. I'll tell you where he is on my list. You'll figure out where he is on my list. Okay. Okay, continue. Who's your honorable mention? Someone has been listening to JJ Reddick's podcast too much. I, I honestly <laughs> don't, though. Okay, anyway, my, go ahead. My John. honorable mention is Malik Monk. Okay, you know what? I get mm. that. That's that's fair. That's fair. Okay. All right, Chris. My number three. No, 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 hold on, hold on. It's my turn. My number three is Malcolm Brogdon. Uh it was my turn, but uh, my number three is Norm Powell. That's solid. Okay. My, my number three is Tyrese Maxey. He he started too many games, dude. Love you, Jack. I don't know, I though. He started right, more than half the I'm games that he's put- played in. Okay. Well, he's staying on third. Okay. All right. Number two for me is Emmanuel Quickly. I I have quickly at number two as well. As do I. Clean sweep. And number one. God. Six man of the year is Bobby freaking Portis, man. <laughs> All the reasons that you had Kevin Love last year, Chris, is the exact same reasons that I got Bobby Portis this year. Um, okay. Love last Only year. Bo- much better player than Bobby Portis, but no, no, um, he was, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I, I feel like the obvious answer is Malcolm Brogdon right now quickly is like definitely going to win, which I get it. He's, he's been awesome on both sides of the ball for New York and he plays in New York. Um, but I don't really know why Brogdon isn't the favorite to win. Like, like he's putting up 15, five and five on stupid efficiency for the, the Celtics, like because nobody likes the Celtics. Yeah, but like, is that even true? Like, a lot I mean, of voters like the Celtics, as we know. Um, I mean, yeah, the ringer. Sarah like, Moore yeah. would like to tell you, uh, yeah, Brogdon should very obviously win, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, Bobby Portis is—he talks a big game, so I, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I don't love to agree with Chris, but I'm going to agree with Chris on this one. I think Malcolm, like, it is clear that Quickly's probably going to win, but I think Malcolm Brogdon should win this, so I had him first. Yeah, and I think Quickly and Powell are, like, pretty obvious two and three, but that's fine. I Bobby Portis is fun. I'll give you that, Lucas. Thank you. Thank you. All, All right, right, let's go to Defensive Player of the Year. Chris, you're going to go first. Chris Lucas may honorable mention DPOI. Um, my honorable mention is Drew Holiday. Solid choice. Solid choice. I'm going to throw out a different name, though. I'm going to throw out Al- Alex Caruso. Oh, wow. All right. I'm going to go with Giannis. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, fair. Um, my number three is Brooke Lopez. Wow, three. Okay, okay. Interested to see who you have two of one. Okay, I have Eva Mobley at three. I like it. I also have Evan Mobley at three. All right. At number two, um, I, I have Bam Adebayo. Wow. Okay, yeah, he's not on my list. Uh, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. at two. And I have Brooke Lopez at two. Sorry. Um, my number one is, is Jaron Jackson Jr., I got Brooke Lopez. I, he's played more minutes. I mean, look, sure. Jaron Jackson is great, but he, like he's only averaging 28 minutes per game. I can't yeah. give that to a defensive player of the year if you can't stay on the court because of foul trouble. Yeah, I get it. That, it's certainly a valid argument. Um, I, I, I think and the also, big thing up with Brooke is, as awesome as he is, like, A, you could argue that he's still not the most important player defensively on his team because of Giannis and Drew. Like, he has two other great guys next to him. And B is, like, as great as Brooke is as, like, a drop coverage defender, there are just certain matchups where that is going to be a problem no matter how good he is at it because he can't Cat- switch. So counter Counterpoint, you could argue right now, that Lopez is the best at guarding two out of the three top MVP candidates in the league. Yeah, but that's not how you determine, like, best. I mean, no, but it should, I, th- I think that should be a part of the conversation. I, I don't. I, I mean, that's okay. those are two very specific matchups. That's not really how we should be determining I it. mean, look, look, it's not the only factor. I mean... You make a valid point, but you could say the same thing about Marcus Smart last year. He wasn't the most he wasn't the best defender on his own team. That was Robert Williams. The only reason that Smart got it is because Robert Williams was injured too much. Yeah. I, I mean I didn't pick Smart to win it last year. Probably shouldn't have, but um Yeah, I, I mean Brooke is just more like limited matchup wise than Bam and Jackson are, is my, where my hang up was. Not that he's okay. not a great candidate. I get it, but yeah. Well, Chris, I agreed with you also, and I went Jaron Jackson Jr., um, and I think he's going to win it this year. So I had him he, at number prob- one. To, to be fair, he probably will win it, but I think there's a strong lo- uh, thing for Lopez because jo- I don't know if Chris remembers this, but Jonathan, remember how bad Brooke Lopez was at defense at the beginning of his career? He was mm-hmm. a scorer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was awful. But it's, he's like, honestly, if there was a most improved player of the decade, it goes to Brooke Lopez. Hands yeah. down. Sure. 100%. Absolutely. Okay. But, yeah. I, not even improved. Like, he was awesome in Brooklyn. He's just changed. His, like, as f- best at adapting is probably the best way to phrase it. Yeah, because, like, look, if he was still, like, needed to score 20 points per night, he probably could. Especially with a three-point shot now. I think if they asked him to score 20 points per night, he probably could. Yeah. If anything, you could argue that uh, Milwaukee's underutilizing his skills. In the on the flip side of that, it's probably going to prolong his career because he was definitely injury prone early on. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's get to Rookie of the Year, Lucas. You can go first. Honorable mention, Keegan Murray. Yeah, I have the same one. Same here. All right, nice honorable mention, Lucas. Third. 
Walker Kessler. Same here. <laughs> Honestly, it's Jalen Williams. And I'm not what? being biased. That's just what Jonathan John, John said before the pod that you were going to do it out of spite. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, uh, unconfirmed if I said that. Um, <laughs> it was off the record. It, it was off the record. Jalen Williams. Look, this was really close because, like, if he had been efficient as he was at the beginning, you know, right now as he was at the beginning of the year, there's a strong argument you could make to me that he should be number one, and I probably would listen. But he's number two because he started out the year slow. Yeah. Um, Williams has been, like, an unbelievable top three option on a playoff, maybe, team down the stretch here. He's he's an awesome defender. He does it on both sides of the ball. And, I mean, the like, the advanced numbers, like Lucas kind of hinted at, are, are much better than Paolo's, but... You know, Paolo has just been carrying a massive load for a worse team, um, which is why his numbers maybe don't look so great in that sense. But I feel like it's still pretty easily Bancaro and number one. So, like, I, he, he had the award locked up a long time ago. And, like, credit to J-Dub for making us think about it a little bit. And I love J-Dub. He's awesome. But he, he might end up being the best player in this draft in about five to ten years. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know because I mean I think Paolo is just I mean awesome. but the conversation could be had. Sure. I, I mean I if I had to bet on the two best players from that draft though, it's still Paolo and Chet, who we just haven't seen yet. But uh, J Dub might be like number three if we're doing a redraft right now. So Oh, he, he would definitely he be awesome. number three right now. Yeah. yeah. Um Well, yeah, so I had Walker Kessler obviously too, because of where I put J Dub. But, all right, Lucas, number one. Paolo. Yeah, sorry, I, I skipped ahead, but it's, it's Paolo. Yeah, pretty much a lock for Paolo. All right, the Here last comes the one. controversy. Here comes the Most, controversy. Bet, there should no longer be controversy on this, honestly. I, really I, hope, I hope not. All the right, only controversy well, should be outside of number one. Okay, so honorable Lucas, mention. Lucas, go ahead. Yeah, I got SGA as number four. Because he, he's leading his team to the plan. He didn't flutter out like some guy in Dallas. And uh, Jason Tatum hasn't looked consistent in the second half of the season. So, yeah, I got to give it to Shea. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm with that. I have Shea as my honorable mention as well. So I think you guys might have noticed my honorable mention, I've been kind of reaching just because it doesn't really matter. So I've just been giving it to people I think are might be a little outside but might be deserving. So. I give it to Sabonis, honorable mention. I awesome. mean, he's in the top ten, but not the top five. All right. Yeah, I get, I get it, though. I, I see. I can see it. Okay. Number three, I have Jokic. Injury <laughs> and just lack of consistency after the All-Star game in terms of winning, I just, I got to put him at three. Uh, yeah, I have Giannis at number three. I have Giannis at number three as well. Okay, I got Giannis at two. Best player on the best team. Averaging career high in points. Uh, you know, really unique season. 31 points, 12 rebounds, five assists. Uh, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Here we go. Are we going to have controversy here? 
I really don't want to beat a dead horse. We've had this argument so many times. Oh, Not God. even worth it. Um, oh, God. Don't do it, Chris. Every, like, the... Lord knows I really wish this wasn't my answer, but... God damn. I mean, I, I, I've i tried my best to, to justify Joel in my head, but I, I have Joel at number two. How? How? What do you mean, how? Like, like we were all aware of the, the season that Jokic is having. Like, I, I, I will grant that it's close between all three, and I think all three have very credible arguments, but... To make it seem like Joel is like a runaway over the other two, I, I think is a bit. Okay, okay. let me let me ask you this: Does Giannis, uh, does Jokic's team struggling at the after the All Star game, and the fact that he missed a good handful of games due to injury, does that not hurt his case in your opinion? Sure, it it, it definitely has made me reconsider it more than I maybe was at the All Star break, but. He's still played a few more than Joel. It's not like Joel hasn't missed more games still. And also, like, Joel's struggles just came earlier in the year. So Philly got off to a, a f- slow start and finished strong, and Denver kind of did the opposite. So it's not really fair to penalize Jokic more for the lazy finish once they had locked up the one seed like, like than it was for Joel struggling out of the gates. I, that stuff is kind of a wash for me. Um, and that, like just in terms of all around offensive production, Jokic is having one of the most impressive seasons ever. Like Joel ha- is having an unreal scoring season, but Jokic's efficiency from everywhere on the floor is off the charts. He's still scoring a lot. He's still the go-to guy on his team. And he's also like averaging top five in the league in assists. He's, he's elevating teammates in a, in a way that Joel doesn't quite match in the rebounding like there there's stuff that Jokic does that Embiid just hasn't quite been able to uh to match for me so all right well, I, I love Joel he's my favorite player I I really wish it I could have be like honestly saying I just MVP but well I, Chris I, have, I yeah. here here's my thing I can't have a guy who's one of the worst rim protectors protectors in the re- league as MVP. I just can't do it. The numbers don't lie. He is one of the worst rim protectors sure. for his position in the NBA. That that just can't be ignored. Like, there is no weaknesses in Joel's game. There is a weakness in Jokic's game. And I think yeah. that, that, that that's the difference there, Chris. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh it's a very again. Joel is a very credible case. I, I just in, in my like my head just just as it's Jokic. I'm not gonna act like like Joel doesn't have a case. The defensive point is totally valid, especially if we're gonna like emphasize the last eight games where Denver just hasn't tried, and, and Jokic has been a big part of that. But um, yeah, you know, I I right, really well, do hope Joel wins. Like I'm like. I hope Joel wins. I, I want Joel to win, but I, I think Jokic is probably the the objective choice, at least in my head. So. Well, I had Jokic too, and I think we all know now where our one sit. But I do think that Embiid comes away with his first MVP, and he deserves it. So. I I think so too. Look, like like I said, there is a weakness in 
Jokic's game. There is a weakness in Giannis's game. There is no weakness in Joel's game. I think that is uh, where you have yeah. to draw the line. Because, like, what is one thing that Joel does super bad? He's gotten better at double teams. He's gotten better as a passer. He can guard on the perimeter. He can go- defend in the paint. Like, what is a weak? I don't know if there's a weakness in Joel's game. Giannis can't shoot from outside efficiently, and Jokic is a terrible defender at the rim. Like, I there there are weaknesses in their games, and there is not one in Joel's game. That is, yeah. that, is that is that is where I have to draw the line. I, I mean, sure. I I I don't think the three point shooting like matters almost at all for Giannis. Like he's gotten to a point where it's at least okay. Mid range, mid range. He's still not great as a mid range shooter, and he does need range shots for most people. Just aren't good shots in general. Like you want Giannis getting to the rim. I I don't think that's really a bad thing because he no one's keeping him out of the paint anyways. Um, well, Joel can, but no. Sure. I, I mean, like, acting like Joel just has no weaknesses is a bit disingenuous. He's not like Superman. Like, I'm like, not the saying that there are... has gotten better, but he's still not great at it. He's still not a good, a particularly great passer for his position. He's averaging four assists a game, Chris. I understand. High. How's that I... not great for his position? He's probably top three passer at his position behind is Jokic and Sabonis. Yeah, that's just not true, guys. Like, okay, like, then, Joel has then, the ball in his hands more than anyone in his position, and he is going to have a certain number of assists because of that. But he, he's still not the best at reading the floor. I'm not saying he hasn't gotten better. He has. We all know it. But, you know. That, what that, do you think, John? a little far in saying he has no weaknesses. I think... Maybe it is a little far to say he has no weaknesses, but I think his weaknesses are much less visible than Jokic's. Sure, but I also think Jokic has like a significant advantage over Embiid in some of those other areas that we mentioned. Like, so it, it balances out. You know? I don't know about significant. Besides passing, there's no other significant area. Like, he's a slightly better rebounder. Well, besides he's slightly... passing, he's averaging more than double the assist, and he's one of the best playmakers on the face of the earth like that's significant okay yeah i said besides besides the passing i said besides the passing yes he's more efficient but that goes back to rebounding rebounding is only two per game the passing the efficiency shooting can be attributed to the fact that unlike joel because he is such a unique great passer and this is me giving him praise here it, it, you know, he doesn't see nearly as many double teams as Joel. And that is that is a credit to Jan, to uh, Jokic at this point. That is a credit. I'm not saying it as a bad thing, but I am saying that explains why he's more efficient. Because he's getting more one-on-one <sighs> coverage. And I'm, you know, if Joel saw as much one-on-one coverage, I'm sure his field goal percentage would, would probably be close to the same. I, I don't know. I mean, again, like... Jokic is having like one of the most efficient seasons ever. So saying Joel would be close to the same is I don't know. We've like never seen people do what Jokic is doing outside of Steph. So I I don't even know if that's true. But again, they all have good cases. I I want Joel to win. Like my heart my heart wants Joel. So I I'm not even gonna try to sit here and really argue about it. Well, uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, before we go, let's just talk about a few things that we didn't have quite on the agenda. First off, 
Chris, what's going on with your boy Rudy Gobert punching a teammate? What's up with that? Oh, man. Yeah, so I will still defend the fact that Rudy is like a good player, but Rudy Gobert, the person, just doesn't seem very smart or fun to be around. So I'm totally willing to admit that. Seems kind of like a loser, but um, (laughs) still a really good defender. Okay. Honestly, uh, honestly, I didn't see that until you guys told me about that, and I watched it while we were recording. And that is, I mean, they're in the playoffs. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, look, Mason Plumlee and Bones Highland had to be separated today as well. Like we're not. I think the fact that McDaniel's punched a wall and broke his hand is probably more important and probably a bigger oh, yeah, story than the Gobert thing. But we're not going to talk about it because people. I mean, do look, enjoy we hating can. Gobert. We can't. Well, I mean, look, we, we can because, like, McDaniels is probably going to make an all-defensive team, and they just lost that for the, what we suspect will probably be their whole entire playoff run, unless they surprise us. So, yeah, that, that was definitely a big mistake by McDaniels there. Um, the other thing, the things but, that I want to talk I, I, about. Wait, before we jump to that, so when uh, D'Lo got traded to the Lakers, there were all those rumblings about, like, him hating Rudy Gobert. And yeah, then I you think that. about, like, and you think about like Donovan Mitchell, like even if he doesn't like publicly say it, I feel like Donovan Mitchell's pretty like mature and well kept, but he clearly didn't like Rudy Gobert, and it, it just makes you wonder like if there's like real like credence to him being a bad teammate. I mean, there might be, and you know if he if that is the case, then yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, like Draymond Green straight up knocked out a teammate in training camp. Yeah, and I think most. Yeah, but that's a, he's a that. bad teammate. Is he? Most people would say that he's like the heart and soul of that team and a great leader on balance. Yeah. Like, I don't. These things you get. Just, you just took this two isn't minutes. the first like little scuffle we've seen on the sideline in the NBA. Oh like, no! Shake and George got into it earlier this year for like guys. It happens. Shake got into it with Joel during the bubble season. Yeah, I I think it's, there's like definitely credence to the idea that teammates don't like Rudy Gobert or respect him as a star level All player. Right much but yeah um so did you see there was this tweet that uh they asked rudy gobert yesterday did you see yeah, this about no kyle anderson so they asked him about kyle anderson's like intensity and, and kind of aggressiveness i guess and he said kyle wants to win sometimes he's a little aggressive in the way he talks but i don't take it personally i receive it in a positive way because it comes from a place of wanting me to be the best rudy i can be and wanting us to win well wow. <laughs> it doesn't seem like wow. he took it that way today Wow. Wow. I did not see that. That's hilarious. It's so good. before, yeah. okay. So before we get done, uh, the two coaching changes that's already in place here, Steven Silas, as we all thought is not going to be back with uh, the Rockets next year. They did not pick up his team option for next year. So he's out. And also Dwayne Casey is stepping down as the head coach and going to the front office. Um, I, that is a very graceful way for Dwayne Casey to go out because I think he is a good head coach, but I also thought that he just wasn't going to be able to turn that team around with his voice. And I think having him go to the front office is a good move by the ownership there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't have any problem with like elevating Dwayne Casey to management and or moving on. Like, what else was he supposed to do with that team? Like, I not turning him around with his voice. I, he's, I think, he's also he's also sixty three years old. He's old. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think there's a bigger issue 
like Silas and Houston, those guys just clearly like from everything you heard from the product on the court, they weren't disciplined. There was no positive progress made with those guys. But I understand. <laughs> <Brown>. <laughs> Detroit, Detroit was bad because they just had nobody available. Their best player got hurt early in the year. Boyan has been out since for a while now. They've been missing their two best players here down the stretch. Like, they lost a lot of games because they're super young and they just don't have anyone. I don't think it's quite like a Houston scenario where Casey was just not getting through to guys. But Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think um, he was getting through to guys because you saw the you know growth with those players. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen any growth in Houston. You know, we talked about Brett Brown to Houston. That would be a good fit. Brett Brown to either one of those teams would actually be a really good fit, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and like with Houston, some of the stuff – that you read leads you to believe that it wasn't just a Silas problem, that maybe Raphael Stone in the front office need to do some inward looking as well. But mm. it's very clear that he just was not a, a ready to coach that team in particular, and maybe just not a good coach overall. So they, they definitely needed a change. They might need more changes beyond Silas. But yeah, that, that, that was easily the most obvious like coaching change that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. So, not surprising. Uh, former Sixers uh, uh, Shaquille Harrison is now a Laker along with Tristan Thompson today, too, guys. And uh, Udonis Haslam scored 24 in his last game as a Miami Heat player before he goes to the front office. Nice, yeah. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Good, I, yeah. I, I remember you. I remember UD in the 2006 championship team with those dread cornrows. Uh, and he was one of my favorite players on that team, honestly. So that that was great to see. And Tristan Thompson, I think that's a good signing by the Lakers. Uh, Shaquille Harrison was solid for the Bluecoats last year. So, yeah, I think it's good good moves by the Lakers. They had to uh, wave Davon Reed, though. So, on that note, Chris, play us out. Yeah. To all our listeners here at the Sixers Sense podcast, thank you, as always, for tuning in. We love and appreciate your support. If you can, uh, give us five stars, hit subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Audible. Or you can listen at our website, read our written work at thesixersense.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. You know, send us a tweet, let us know what you want us to talk about, let us know what you think about the pod. We'd love to hear from you. And, yeah, I mean, we got playoff basketball coming up, guys, so a lot to talk about in these coming weeks, hopefully. Hopefully positive stuff. I I certainly pray that it's positive stuff. Uh, but who knows with this team. So we'll, we'll be here to cover it no matter what. And we will talk to you all again soon. So peace out and go Sixers.
that MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.